to Real Life. Uh, we're excited you're here. We're not always in this room. A lot of times we're next door, but uh, for other reasons, they gave us this room, and it, it's exciting, and maybe someday we'll be in here every week. That would be amazing. Um, but yeah, we're just excited you're here. I'm Chad. I'm the college pastor, and we just got an exciting night uh, for tonight, and um, we've been doing a series called Unwavering, and it's been a little choppy this term because we've had a week of prayer and fasting. Uh, we were in here for then. How many of you guys were here for the week of prayer and fasting here? Yeah, that was awesome. We were in here then, and then we were, you know, a couple weeks later, we were in here for all-campus worship, and then we did a Valentine's dinner. Uh, so, But the term on the nights that we haven't done extra stuff, uh, we've been just kind of focusing on this this idea of discipleship. And, and the, the idea is that, I mean, Jesus calls us to be his disciples um, first and to, to follow him and, and give our lives to him. And many of you have done that, and some of you made that step this term. And, and it's just so exciting what God's doing on our campus uh, and in our in real life in particular, and so we're excited. Um, but yeah, to, we're called to be disciples, and then also to disciple others. And so I'm excited tonight because the person sharing was he was a college pastor here at Real Life, and one of my mentors and leaders, and wrestled at OSU. And his his wife Darcy is here. I don't know where she went. Where'd she go? I'm gonna point you out. You're not gonna like that. There she is, Darcy, and the oldest son Josiah. And Antioch guys, any Antioch guys here? There's a few. Yeah, Josiah lives in Antioch, and the there are other, other kiddos, other three kiddos are at home, uh, but we're so thankful to have Ryan here. And I invited Scott up too, so why don't Ryan and Scott come up? Uh, Scott led my small group when I was in college, and then you guys have heard him speak on discipleship this term. And then Ryan was a, a part of Scott's journey, I know, big time. And, and so these guys have like 60 years of discipleship experience, probably even more than that. And they just are passionate disciple makers. And uh, I'm, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for these two mighty men. And so I'm thankful that Ryan, you'd come back and share, and that Scott, I invited him to, to just pray over Ryan before he teaches, and so yeah, thanks for coming. So dumb and, dumb and dumber right here. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah, some of you might remember, I, I think I spoke fall term, uh, the first time I spoke here uh, in the fall term, I, I referenced Ryan, that Ryan uh, led me, Lord, because it was so good to be back to, uh, at Real Life and, and speaking, and it brought back a ton of memories and you know Ryan's Ryan shared the gospel with me, um, and I and I got saved on this campus through somebody who was on staff, uh, like Chad is, and so um, it's just a blessing to to stand here and just kind of reunite after gosh probably ten years or so of not seeing each other. So um, yeah, so I'm gonna just pray for Ryan and get going. Jesus, I just thank you for God the lineage, Lord, just simply by the grace of God. Like what, like what Ryan said when I met him, like with the mercy of God, we're here and we'll st- we're still serving Jesus. And we acknowledge that, Lord. And we pray that over the college students tonight, Lord, that as life goes on, Lord, your mercy and your grace is what would uh, keep them walking, that would shield them, Lord. And just pray for Ryan tonight, Lord. You just speak wisdom and speak truth as he opens up your word, Lord. And, and um, yeah, just pray you bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. I forgot one more thing. Ryan was a, a pretty great wrestler here, too. So some of you guys afterwards, I know he still would like to throw it down. So afterwards, if you want to show him what you got. No, just kidding. Thanks, bro. I'm shorter than that. Hey, before, um, before I, I actually want to pray uh, with you guys before we start, but I wanted to share um, a scripture uh, with you guys from 
John 5. Jesus said, I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. So he's speaking to the Pharisees. He says, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. Um, let's see. So in verse 40, I, I, I accidentally skipped the verse. Uh, verse 40, it says, But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And so that the key phrase I want you to focus on is that phrase, come to me. Okay? Because these people were standing in the presence of Jesus. They were hearing the words of God. God incarnate. So Jesus was standing there. He's sharing the truth. And he's looking at these people. And he says, you refuse to come to me. And so it's, it's you know, the, the, the application is how can, how can someone be, they, they came to Jesus, right? They physically came in the presence of Jesus. And they were standing in the presence of Jesus. And they were listening to the words of Jesus. But their hearts were totally unreceptive, right? And so to me, the, the kind of scary thing for me, the, the application for me is, is like, wow, Ryan, you can go to church. You can read your Bible. You can go to small group. You can, you can do all these things. But if you're not coming to Jesus, then... It's all going through the motions. And, you know, so that's, that's my, that's my um, I guess, exhortation to myself. You know, even as I was preparing, I was like, you know, Lord, should, should I try to prepare like a really organized message or, you know, because I've, I've, I've given messages for, for years or pre- pre- prepared, you know, Bible studies or whatever for years. But the Lord was just saying, when you're there, just come to me. Just trust me. Just come into my presence. And even as as soon as I got here and I got here and I was like kind of meeting some of the, the greeters there and I saw the people with the the prayer team, you know, I was just like, yes. And we just came in, we just started praying, and then the, the presence of the Lord 
you know, just met me, and I just knew he's, he's going he's gonna to speak to you guys. He loves you. And I guess my encouragement is before we pray, before we start, that's, that's your choice. And that's something that many times when Jesus was preaching, what did he say about ears? What did he say about ears? I got big ears. What did Jesus say about ears? He who, ha- he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He was throwing the burden on the people listening. Everything that Jesus said was gospel. There's nothing, there's nothing better or more that Jesus could have said, but he was putting it on the people. He was saying, he's pleading with the people, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So as we, as we pray, as we, as we get in God's word, I don't have like a, I guess my only encouragement to myself and to us is just come to God with childlike faith. You know, Jesus didn't respect when people said the right prayers, you know, like remember that blind guy's like, uh, Jesus was coming and he was trying to think, how should I, how should I, how should I uh, talk to Jesus? Oh, uh, uh, son of David, thou have mercy upon me. And Jesus just ignored him, right? He didn't respond, but when the guy just cried out for help, Jesus responded. And I guess that's what I'm saying for us. Just childlike faith. If you're struggling, you feel like you you just can't break through and touch God or whatever you're going through. Let's just come to Jesus, you know, by faith right now. So let's, let's pray. Lord, we are so humbled and we're so overwhelmed, Lord. That, um, that you love us, you know, Lord, I, just being back on campus, Lord, just the, th- the sin and the disobedience, Lord, that I was living in and how you, Lord, you kept knocking on the door, Lord. Just thank you, Father. Just thank you, Lord, that you're so patient, Father. And Lord, my my prayer, Lord, is that, um, Lord, just help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We don't we don't want to go through the motions, Lord. We don't want to be like just knowing you from afar, Lord. And Lord, as we talk about your promises that are sure, Lord. We just ask you give us childlike faith, Lord, to to take action, Lord, to make um, lifelong decisions, even tonight, Father. And so we, we thank you, Lord. I just, your word says, Holy Spirit, you are the counselor, you are the teacher. And I just ask you, I invite you, just please, with every heart right now, just be softening our hearts, softening Lord, just touching, touching our hearts, Father. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you that all things are possible with you, Lord. Nothing is impossible. 
And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, you know, for, for in my life, I, I guess I was kind of pretty serious when I talked about dumb and dumber. Maybe not for Scott, but for me. You know, I feel like I could be the poster child for, like, how to walk with Jesus for dummies. I mean, honestly, like, God in his kindness just has to, like, simplify it for me. That's, that's the only way it, it really works for me. And um, so the, the, one of the phrases that the Lord put on my heart for us is one thing. That's easy to remember, right? Hopefully later on as you're living your life, you'll be able to remember one thing. Like after 30 years of walking with the Lord, besides the gospel and how to come to know Jesus Christ, this is probably the most important message that I, I could share with you. It's not a complicated message, but it's it's not for the half-hearted. I'll just tell you that. It's going to take everything you have, all the commitment you can muster in your life to to experience um, the promises um, that the Lord has for us. So, hold on a second. I might have to use my phone, you guys, for, for the Bible because I'm, I'm getting blind. So just apologize about that. Um, so let's, let's open up our Bibles to John 15. And I was, as I was praying, I was asking the Lord, Lord, you know, what is it that, what is it that you want to share with your, your precious saints here at, at uh, Oregon State? And I, I feel like the Lord was saying, you know, show them, show them my heart. And before we, before we start digging into um, John 15, um, you know, the Lord was just speaking to me about, you know, before they took communion. Do you remember what the Lord said before they took communion? Before he instituted the Lord's Supper? He just, he said, he said, oh, how I've longed for this. And so we see like a picture into the heart of Jesus. Like that was something that he was, he, he had just been longing for that, that moment. And, you know, in a similar way. And I'll just tell you, we're going to talk about the importance or the, um, 
What's another word for important? So just how vital it is for us to get alone with God, okay? That's what we're going to talk about. That's, that's going to be the application. But what, I, what God wanted me to share with you guys first is he has been waiting. Like you guys, some of you haven't grown up in Christian homes. Some of you guys have. Some of you have had grandparents praying for you, parents praying for you, siblings praying for you. And the Lord... He has, he has been intimately watching you since the time your heart started beating. Soon as your heart has started beating, he's been watching. He's been watching you grow up. He's been, and he's just been enjoying you as his creation. And as you're maturing, and now you're at the point, now you're here, you're seeking him. But he's waiting for that time where he is, he is your first love and you just, you just want to make time to be alone with him. And in the same way, I just that he was longing for that time with those people, that's the same, the same Jesus. You know, it's not just about what you get out of spending time with God. He created you. And remember the lukewarm church in Revelation? It says he's just knocking, right? He's knocking, waiting, patiently, just knocking on the door. You know, weeks go by, months go by, years go by, and he's still still waiting patiently. So I, I, and that's like the, the merciful, gracious part of God that I just, it's important for us to know. I really believe God wants you to know that he, he loves you. He's longing for that time with you. And, you know, as a father, you know, it's, I, can, I can kind of experience that from afar, you know, because that's, that's my main prayer as a father for my son, for my daughter's that they would love Jesus more than anything and they would they would by the grace of God learn to get alone with God they would love him and care about him enough to get alone with God cuz you know what i i you, what's going to happen miracles happen when they get alone with God Guys, miracles happen when, when we get alone with God. And, and maybe I'll be able to share, share some testimonies of, you know, different, different miracles. But let's look at uh, John, John 15. I'm going to read it from my phone. <clears throat> So we're going we're gonna to look at, uh, Jesus talks about, um, obviously, abiding in him, okay? We're going to first just take a, a look a little bit about what he, what he talks about disciple, uh, being a disciple in this passage, okay? I'm just going to read from verse 1. I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I, I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. Let's see this. Sorry, guys, I'm going to pick up. I had to change verses because it just sounded kind of crazy. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so you will be my disciples. And so the Lord is saying here, just that we're going to be his disciples, you know, as we abide in him and as we're bearing fruit. And so how many of you guys have seen um, vineyards on the hills? Is everyone pretty familiar with the, with the vine and the branches? Who's pretty familiar? So we know that the... Uh, it looks like almost a, like a skinny tree trunk, right? I didn't realize that for a while, but that large stalk that almost looks like a small tree trunk, that's the vine, actually. And the branches, every, every spring, they sprout out from that. And so, um, you know, historically, we know when Jesus left the, the Last Supper, he walked out and kind of walked across the northern part of the wall of Jerusalem. And, you know, an archae the archaeologists have discovered like a, this massive old vineyard that was there. So the historical archaeology backs up the fact that Jesus was probably walking along there on the way to Gethsemane because Gethsemane's on the on the eastern side. And so as he was walking over there, this is where he gives this teaching. And, you know, we can just assume that he was walking and he was showing them these, these vines, okay? And he's showing them just in just total practical common sense, right? He's saying, I am the vine. You are the branch. How close is that connection? That's the whole point. I am the vine, right? You are the branches. He's saying you have to be this close. You have to be totally connected, intimate with me. 
And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think this, this scripture is um, kind of misinterpreted. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, I can't be a great athlete without the Lord. But like, I don't think Michael Jordan worships Jesus. I, I, there are a lot of people that do kind of awesome things and they don't, they don't worship Jesus. So the context of what he's saying is he's not saying that we can't do things like without Jesus. He's saying you can't produce the life of God. No matter how much you try on your own, I cannot somehow produce God in and of myself. I can't produce the very life of Jesus Christ. I can, I can try and be a good person. I can try and do all that I want on my own. And I can, I can try to look like Jesus on the outside. But I, I can't just create Jesus. And what Jesus is saying here is that if we are connected to him, Jesus is going to live in us. The very person of Jesus Christ is going to live in me. He's going to walk with me. He's going to be walking with me, speaking through me, guiding me. Romans, it says, it talks about those that are led by the Spirit of God are children of God or sons of God. That's, that's the normal Christian life that God intends for us. And so I guess I'll read, I'll read just a couple more verses down here, highlight about the word. Look at verse 7, guys, guys and gals. If you abide in me, so he went through that. And in, in the Hebrew language, they did kind of this circular argument. Okay, I'm not going to get into that because that's like above my pay grade, right? But I know that they did that. They would touch on one concept. It would bleed over to another concept. That would bleed over to another concept that would kind of make a full circle. Okay? So you can see how that's, he's using that reasoning. Abide in me and I in you. Right? And then he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So he's saying they're very connected. If you abide in me, and my words need to abide in you too. So if you don't have very much of my word abiding in you, it's going to affect your ability to abide in Jesus Christ. We don't have enough time, guys. We need, we need to be filling our hearts and our minds with the word of God. You know, it's not that TV is like sin or video games or social media it's not like those things are are like evil and we can't do those but they they rob us that's the that's more the point like we need the word of god if we want to if you want to experience jesus christ if i want to experience jesus christ like it's talking about here if you abide in me my words abide in you Okay. 
And he says, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Okay. And so another thing that happens when we have the word of God, just when our, when our mind is getting transformed and our lives are so full of the word of God, it purifies us. We understand God's will. We start, we don't, we're not asking. We're not like in James, it talks about earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom, right? It's actually opposite, right? Earthly and heavenly, right? Earthly wisdom is sensual. It's self-seeking. It's envious, right? But heavenly wisdom is from above. It is, um, it, it, it defers. It's gentle, peaceable. But as we, um, and he's connecting it here, though, like I said, is if you abide in me and I in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. And now he's bringing it to, as my words are abiding in you and you pray, you're going to be praying in, in my name. He doesn't mention in this teaching. But he talks about if you ask anything in my name, right? We're, we're going to be asking in the, in, the, in the spirit of God, in the motive of God, in, in the wisdom of God, right? In the purposes of God. When, we're, when we have the word of God, it's, it just causes us to pray effectively. And this is the part, honestly, I love about this chapter, is who is glorified in this? What does it say? And by this, what is he referring to? By this, my father is glorified. You abiding in me, I abiding in you. You abiding in my word, right? You praying the word of God and God answering the prayers. You know the most powerful thing about answered prayer is it's not something that we can take credit for, right? When God answers a prayer, everybody knows that God did that. And that should be like our our you know, our desire as, as disciples. But look at what he, ta- what he says at the end. It says, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. <laughs> and so, you know, coming back full circle about discipleship, Right? You know, Paul, the apostle, the apostle Paul, you know, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And to the Romans in the first chapter, he said, as much as is in me, I am ready to preach. And that, that is the, that is God's way of discipleship. You know, we need to first be a disciple of Jesus, right? Or else what kind of disciples are, am I going to be making? You know, if I'm, if I'm not really abiding in Christ and it's just Ryan out there, you know, encouraging people, then, then the people that follow after me, what are they probably going to be like? They're going to be kind of, they're going to be trying their best. They're going to be dry. They're going to be, 
you know, it's not going to be Christ, right? Because that's what they saw me do, and then on and on and on, right? So my question to you is, he said he was giving them a picture of this, this vine and these branches, abide in me. My question to you is, how do we abide How do we abide? Because he doesn't spell it out here. He just says, abide in me and I in you. So the question that I guess I would ask is, well, how did Jesus abide in the Father and the Father in the Lord? How did Jesus maintain that, that perfect connection with the Lord? Do you guys have any thoughts? How did Jesus, what, what, what did Jesus do to maintain that closeness? In, in Luke, it says that when all these miracles were happening, right? It says, and Jesus would often slip away to a lonely place to pray. The Son of God, that's how he maintained his closeness with the Father. He often slipped away to a lonely place. And I guess the, um, the challenge in total, in total honesty, you guys, in my experience, and if you search the scriptures, you know, you think of even what Jesus told Mary. I mean, Martha was busy serving Jesus. You know, that's an awesome thing. You know, but she started complaining. Why aren't you telling Mary, you know? And Jesus said, she has chose the one thing that cannot be taken from her. And she sat at the feet of Jesus. And this same Mary is the one that got it. She's the one that realized that Jesus was going to die, and she got the, the anointing oil, right? She got her life savings, and she poured it out on the Lord. And all the leaders, right, the apostles, all the men, right, they just attacked her. They said, what are you doing? You know, you're wasting that money. We can save that for the poor or whatever. You know, and Jesus like softly rebuked them and says, leave her alone. You know, she's doing it for my burial. And they're like, what? What? What is burial? You know, she knew. Why did she knew? Why was she the only one that got it? Right? She sat at the Lord's feet. And this is the hard, this is the hard truth, you guys. For many of you, the Lord is going to keep knocking. You're going to know Jesus from afar. But for some of you, you're going to open the door. You're going to, you're going to alter your whole life. 
you got to change your whole schedule. And see, that's why making time to get alone with God isn't just, it's, it's not just a frivolous thing. It's, it's something in the heart. Like, for me to spend time with God, I have to change, I have to center my whole life around that time. Because if I don't, my daughters are precious. They're important. My wife is precious. She's important. My son is precious. He's important. My friends are precious. They're important, right? All these good things. Like, it happens over and over in my life. And the Lord has to bring me back. You know, it's like in my journals, I start drifting away from that time with him. And I just, you, you just start seeing in the journals, man, total unfruitfulness. Man, my flesh is coming out, struggling with this, you know, and the Lord's like, you know, following Jesus for dummies, you know, how many times we got to do this, right? But then the Lord brings me back, and, I, and then, like, I, I have kids, um, you know, we couldn't have, the, doc, we, the doctor said we could never have kids, we tried for seven years. Um, lady on a trip to Israel she had a vision of my wife holding a baby boy. A year later, we got pregnant, okay? year and a half later, she says, I had a dream of, of your son playing with a little sister. So we just tucked that in her heart. So my wife, and it's a little person, you know, information, but I just part of the story. So for four years after Josiah was born, she, like, never had her cycles. There was no sign that we could ever have another baby. Right? The doctor said, you, first, you'll never have babies. So anyway, he went down to Texas. A friend of mine was seeing God do, like, radical miracles. His wife was radically healed of Lou Gehrig's disease. That's a one-hour story. But her, through prayer, like, her, her, body, her clothes were just soaked with sweat. She felt fire running through her bodies. And she is, like, advanced in, in Lou Gehrig's disease totally 100% healed. Like she couldn't hardly, she couldn't blow dry her hair anymore. We went down there. Um, they prayed for us. The next month, my wife had her, had her cycle. We got pregnant with my, my daughter. And so it's the same God of the Bible, you guys. I have so many. There's been multiple supernatural healings just in my family. You know, tell another quick story. Josiah, we're in Brazil as missionaries. He had this thing called intussusception. He woke up from a nap one day, and seriously, he was screaming like someone was driving a nail through his hand. Like, I don't even want to try to scream like that because it would be just weird. But he was just screaming like, ah, and then he just knocked out, <laughs> totally unconscious. I looked at my wife, what's going on? You know, I'm just like, how hard should I slap his face? You know, I'm just like trying to wake him up. Like, and I was like, I was like, I can't shake him too hard. I don't want to like shake my baby, right? And I'm just like, Josiah, Josiah, wouldn't wake up. We're like, we don't, and he still had a pulse. We ran to the urgent, urgent care. We were like freaking out and we can hardly speak Portuguese. You're trying to tell this lady, my son got up, he's screaming. She's like, no, no, tranquilo, it's to the bang, you know. It's going to be fine. <clears throat> and then we're just like, no, no, we got to call an ambulance. He woke up in there, did the same thing. She's like, I need an ambulance. 
<laughs> I mean, seriously, just like that. She's like, you want an ambulance? I was like, no, no, I think we can drive in my car. So we got in there, went over there, found out what he had. They did some things. They said sometimes this reverses it um, within, you know, pretty quickly. If not, we got to take out that part of his stomach. <clears throat> so they did those procedures. Nothing worked. We're, um, they said we need we need to act now. We need to cut his. We need to cut that part out of his stomach. You know. So I remember just holding him, and we're standing at the. I can just vividly picture it. Standing in front, and this lady's getting the paperwork, and they said just sign this. And it was like the Holy Spirit just said, Ryan, ask the doctor for 20 minutes to pray. And I was like, Lord, is that you? You know, am I just making this up? I don't want to risk my son's life, you know, because I'm like making stuff up. But I really felt like that's what the Holy Spirit said. And so I asked the doctor, doctor, can I, can I just have 20 minutes to call our family and friends? He goes, okay, I'll give you 20 minutes. That's fine. Called everyone, everyone's praying, you know, and we're sitting on these in this kind of waiting room. And then all of a sudden, Josiah is just getting all like antsy. I'm just like, you know, relax, son, relax. And I kind of look at him and he looks like his kind of color came back. And he got down on the floor and he's like, can I have some water? You know, and I was just like, gave him some water. And then he's like, had his Spider-Man car and he's just all over. And I'm just like, man, I think God totally healed him. I called the doctor. He goes, I cannot operate on that kid, you know. So they did a test, um, and he was like, God just totally healed him of that. Um, but but all that to say, guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna close with this. Um, um, yeah, maybe if you want to close with uh, how much? I don't even know how long I've been going, bro. Right. So we can if um, and do you mind if we just do like a cappella? Is that cool? Are you comfortable with just doing, who was maybe the two girls? You guys, are you comfortable doing a cappella? Yeah, let's let's do that if that's all right. Why don't you come up and we'll do, you guys will do a cappella. I'm not going to do a cappella. <laughs> but to bring it back to what we're talking about here, the miracle of Jesus Christ living inside of us, you guys. This is so real. Jesus will indwell you, and you will experience the person of Jesus Christ. He will talk to you. He will guide you. He will protect you. And I, I won't go into the details, but... You know, the last, there's been some challenges the last few years that I've been through. Some, some circumstances that were, like, difficult, right? But, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to just be fake. I'm not trying to be fake. I'm just trying to be so honest, like, Jesus, the presence of Jesus. Like the, the circumstances are so difficult, but to experience like so much love at the same time, you guys. I would, tr I would trade all the miracles. Obviously, I wouldn't want to trade Josiah's life or anything, but I'm saying to experience miracles, right? I would trade all that stuff. 
if, if I can just keep walking with Jesus. And that is my encouragement for you guys. Just, just lay it all on the line. Just go for it. Don't hold anything back. Just stop making excuses. The, the, you know, the whatever, there's a spiritual warfare fair too, you know. These, these fears or whatever it is, man, just, just go for it. Just make that decision. Make time. Make Jesus everything. And the way you can do it, the practical way you do that is that you make, you build your life, you build your schedule around Jesus. Just do it, guys. Just go for it. So, yeah, let's, um, is there like a song that's on your guys' heart? Or that you guys feel comfortable doing a cappella? Because, you know, another thing, guys, the Bible talks about how we can make melody to the Lord with instruments, you know, and God uses that. But right now, it's really on my heart, like, man, God is so much bigger than that. We don't need a band. We don't need a guitar. We don't need, we don't even need, we don't even need what? Yeah, Lord, what an honor it is to to praise your name and to just lift you up with one voice and, and one song. And you are so good and so worthy and so deserving of every drop of our oil, Lord, of every drop of our praise. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us what it is to choose the good portion that will not be taken away from us, to just choose to sit at your feet and to abide where nothing else matters but sitting at your feet, Lord. Thank you so much for tonight, Lord. I I just pray that you would honor and bless this time. Thank you for bringing Ryan here. And yeah, in your precious and holy name, amen. Thank you, guys. Okay, let's give it up for the worship team. You guys, thank you. You guys sound great together, you two. And Ryan, thanks for bringing the word. Thank you so much uh, for bringing the word. And, man, so many, I, I took so many notes, um, but just what a challenge. And I loved just even that exhortation, like, man, we, we can't make excuses for missing time with the Lord. Like, man, just want to encourage us in that as a community, whether you're in your small group or uh, just, you know, Maybe you're not that connected yet, but man, you can make time just to, to be with Jesus.